All right, Central Mississippi, you tuned in to the Free Range Human Show of Choice, your daily dose of reality radio. It is a spring break edition of the Clay Edwards Show. We're live here in the Mac Hike of Flowood Studios on a Monday morning, a dark Monday morning. Time has changed. I actually went to bed early last night, so it wasn't such a culture shock when I woke up this morning. Uh, I'm joined here in the studio as I am on Monday mornings for the first hour. Something new that we started a few weeks ago by our local wake-up host here, Liberty host of the Liberty Wake Up Call, Stephen Yatroska. Good morning, Stephen. Good morning. How's it going? It is going, brother. I'm getting my wheels spinning a little bit this morning. Uh, listened to your show the second half of it. I was on the phone the first half, but <clears throat> came in and I heard you talking about something kind of near and dear to my heart, and I, I'm, I'm not very good at articulating it. But you were talking about the role of politics in the church. Kinda. Yes. And so many churches, mine included, steer away from that. Yeah. And I have been an advocate, especially knowing what goes on, and I'm just going to say it, the black Democrat churches, you know, and how they're able to get everybody into one cohesive role, yep. you know, a monolith of sorts. Um, and we seem to avoid that in your traditional white conservative churches. Yeah. And, yeah, the Pentecosts are actually the best, I would say, out of the, you know, white churches. You know, I, I don't know that I would use that term, but... Well, I mean, uh, I, it is what it is. Yeah. I mean, I think the Pentecosts are the best. And I actually had uh, Ron Mattis. He's um, he's a pastor in the Pentecostal church, but he's also, um, you know, he is... Uh, I forgot his title. He's got a long title, government liaison for the Pentecost church here in Mississippi. And so I, I work with him, you know, a good bit on... Uh, you know, legislation throughout, you know, I mean, we, he and I have worked together probably at least the last five years or so. And, um, and I'll say this, if you listen to my show earlier, I was talking about a, an organization that works in politics that I asked them about their biblical role government was not Ron Mattis. So, uh, if anybody's listening that listened to my show earlier and they're listening again now, don't, don't think that, uh, that he's the one I was calling out. Uh, but, uh, Ron, he and I've worked together very well. And the Pentecostal church does very similar to a lot of the black churches is, they they talk about politics. They talk about what's going on. They are very active and you know very very much a a part of the role of government. And uh, and I think that more more Christians should be. I think one of the biggest things that churches are so scared of, uh, and the government specifically put them in this this position, is because churches are nonprofits. Because churches you know are fall under this nonprofit status, they're so scared. That if they talk about politics, they will get that nonprofit status pulled because 501c3s are very specific what they can talk about. And that, you know, 501c3 can be involved some in politics because there's political organizations that have a 501c3. They can somewhat, but they have to be very careful about how they do that. And I think churches are just scared that the government's going to pull it. And that that was a, a, a device of control for the government. That's why they did that. That's why they, you know, they give churches this nonprofit status, but then they have that hanging over their head that, hey, if you get involved in politics, then we'll pull that. And churches are just scared, so they just, you know, by and large, haven't haven't gotten involved. And that's why politics seems so dirty. It's because there are very few, you know, Christian organizations that get involved in politics. It, again, but the black churches do. Yeah, they do. Yeah, they do. I mean, and they they're not they're not scared. You know, they talk about it. They get involved. They you know rally people up, and they send you know send their church buses around to pick people up on you know election day to vote. And you know, 
I wish more, you know, more churches would get involved. I wish more people. Well, I mean, who who can I report them to for for violating their five hundred one c three bylaws? Well, I don't think you should violate them for that. I, I'm being facetious. Yeah. Um. Well, no. I mean, so yeah. That that's my next question. Well, then then who determines who who lays the hammer down to these churches doing it? Who who is the who is the big brother? Who's watching this? Yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, I guess the IRS would be, but I don't think anybody is. I mean, I, I don't know that I, I have not heard, and I'm sure it happens, but I have not heard any church that has gotten an IRS violation. I mean, bro, they they gave they gave church status to those nut jobs at the Scientology church. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that was part of their plea deal with their lawsuit against the government and yeah. stuff. Was they they got to be a five hundred one c three? Yeah. Well, I'm sure the church of Satan is too. Yeah. You know, but yeah, I mean, they can. I just think that churches need to be more involved because if Christians want to sit back and complain about you know the church, the, or not the church, the the country going you know to hell in handbasket, you know, and they're going to complain about it, but then they're not involved and and not just going and voting. That's not what I'm talking. I'm not just talking about you know showing up on election day. I think Christians by and large do vote. Uh, they show up on election day, but they're not involved in the process once election day is over. They're not following up with their their legislator to keep them accountable. They're not going down to the Capitol pushing legislation, pushing bills. They're not trying to get involved in that way. They just go vote and then you know they, and then they go home. Well, it feels like we, we won the abortion battle here in the state, and, and now it's like okay, well, we that was it was like a, that was like hyper focused deal there, and I, I we all know what what direction most church going folk, vote most church going folks are going to vote in presidential elections. It. it I, I tell you what COVID did for me is it really woke me up to how bad things were on our local and statewide level. Yeah. And it's like, man, we've, I, I did my list the other day of 10 things men are doing to destroy their lives or to ruin their lives. And one of them was not getting involved locally. Yeah. You know, and just kind of sitting back the whole, I just want to be left alone. You know, well, until, until you can't be left, you, you want to be left alone and now you're mad they're not leaving you alone because you didn't get involved. Yep. And I, I do want to give a shout out to uh, Pastor Frank Hornsby at I believe it's Life Church of Jackson, but technically it's on, on in Brandon on Highway Four Seventy One. But the name of the church, even is they Life, left Jackson. Huh? Yeah, Life Church of Jackson. But again, it's it's in Brandon. Um, he he is not afraid to get up there. I went to yeah. a uh, who was the fellow that was running against Michael Guest? Michael Cassidy. Cassidy, thank yeah. you. I went to one of Cassidy's uh, speeches there. And got to meet Pastor, and actually, he was birthday last week. I got to run. I ran into him at a gas station the other day, and it's one of the things he talked about that the time I was there was you know so many churches shy away from the politics, and yep. his, his does not do that. And I really commend him from that. I actually came in and talked about it the day after I was there. I was more taken back by that in a good way than I was anything Cassidy said. Yeah, no knock on him at all, but I, I do think the church should absolutely be getting involved. You know, like, hey, the, these this candidate here stands for this. This candidate here stands for this. You know, we got yeah, well, we got to get away from this. Just because he goes to church here, or he's liked in the community, that he's the right guy. Yeah, well, I, I think you know, as long as they're looking at candidates based on you know biblical principles, I don't, I don't see anything wrong with that. You know, they shouldn't go up there and they shouldn't be gossiping and you know things like that about people about candidates. But look at them. Look at their voting record. You know, look at what they're saying if they don't Especially have, incumbents. Yeah, if they yeah, that's right. In, incumbents have voting records. Look at their voting record. And like I said on my show earlier, you know, I, I pulled the data together uh the first of this year and looked at the yes voting record 
And, you know, basically the average yes voting record is 95%. 95% of the incumbents just vote yes on everything. And so I can tell you 95% of what's coming through our legislature is not in a biblical form of government. It's overreach. It is completely just our government controlling our lives, and that is not what the biblical role of government is or, or what, you know, what, you know, what I believe God intended in the role of government. I do think that, you know, there is a biblical government. I think that there is a biblical form of government. You know, I don't think that the Bible believes in anarchy, that there shouldn't be any kind of government. But I think that the the role of that government is very, you know, well you know, defined and very limited. And that's just basically for the government should be there to protect our rights, our inalienable rights as individuals, our individual liberty. So, yes. so do, you, do you think there's any gray area there with the separation of church and state? Yeah, I think that. Well, no, I don't think that there should be. I don't think that there should be any any separation of church and state because anything that the government should be doing, you know, in their limited limited uh, role, shouldn't matter for the church because that's all they're there. That the government is only there to protect our rights, and so there's no interference between the church and state. It's only when the the state starts doing things that are not part of the biblical role of government, is there uh, you know, an interference between the church and the state? I mean, one nation under God. Yeah. I mean, it says it right there. Yeah, well, and that, you know, that term actually didn't come up until you know, sometime in the 1950s, early 60s, or something like that. So um, you know, under God, putting that on everything in the government didn't come around until that. You know, one nation under God was certainly around before that. But um, you know, th- as far as the government putting... You know, under God on everything, uh, you know, our money, our you know, Mississippi flag now, you know, all that's really a, a recent development in, in government. But I think that there there would be no there would be no reason to separate church and state if our government was only operating under a limited government. You know, basically the government that our founders believed in. Um, I don't think that there would be anything. Schools, I don't think that you know education is something that our government should be doing. I don't think that that's a limited role of government to educate our children. I well, think that have, that's something the community can all do, and that's where you see that, that you know separation of church and state. Oh. The people in, in schools use that more than anything now. We have enough sample size of the government being involved in schools to, to show that this experiment ain't working. Yeah, it ain't working. Um, we got a text here on the Guns of Gear text line. Uh, unknown texter says... The church could be the largest lobby group in the country. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I couldn't agree more. All right, let's take a break real quick. The phone lines are wide open. I know it's spring break. A lot of you guys are sleeping in. You ain't having to get up and get your kids ready, but we'd love to hear from you all this morning. 601-879-0002. Kind of a free-for-all Monday here, man. If uh, anything, you got any questions about going on in the legislature, give us a call. Ask Stephen. Also, the Guns and Gear text line, 769 241 1944. If you want to get engaged, get involved, and uh, start participating, reach out to us. We'll be right back on 103.9 WYAB. Breaking, breaking, breaking rules when necessary. If I could hit the right button over here, we'd be doing a lot better. You'll get it one of these days. There's only three buttons, and yeah. uh, one of them's red, so you know don't hit that one. So it narrows it down to two, and I still managed to hit the wrong one. But, hey, we're live here in the Mac Hike of Flowood Studios. This segment's going to be brought to you by our good friends over at Lakeland Glass and Tent. Get over there and see them for all of your home, 
car or business window tinting needs, as well as windshield and automotive glass replacement needs. They got you covered. And now they're doing something that's near and dear to my heart. Uh, they're doing offering ceramic coating. So when you get your vehicle wrapped, get it ceramic coated and get the ultimate protection for your wrap using Expel products, which is a top of the line. And hey, they're also doing vehicle wraps, obviously. If they're, if they're putting ceramic coating on them, that means they're doing them too. So if you need to turn your vehicle into a rolling billboard, like so many others have, and be able to use it as a tax write-off, hey, go over there and see them at Lakeland Glass and Tent. You can start online at lakelandglassandtent.com. Or go see them in person right there on Lakeland Drive or on Flowood Drive across from River Oaks at their new campus. And uh, give them a call, 601-946-1000. That's Lakeland Glass and Tent, where quality matters. And uh, again, as always, we appreciate Jason and his team. They have been a uh, day one sponsor of the show, and we hope to keep them for the, for the duration. So we do appreciate you supporting them and them supporting us. That's how this works. That's how we create a parallel economy is – and we, uh, how we don't have to deal with cancel culture vultures. We support each other. and We support the people that support the things we support. Uh, Steve and I had a fellow come out to the lot Friday. Um, Randall and his wife, Christina, last name is uh, McRaney. And they listen to the shows every day. Listen, they start with your show. They oh, tell me, they, yeah. tell me they, they listen to Steven. And he said he really liked, he liked hearing what's going on. And he's like, man, I don't really get too much into your health shows. I said, well, me and Steven are doing the first hour on Mondays now, so... Listen on Mondays. Yeah. And uh, so anyway, they bought a vehicle from me. Good. Big WYAB supporters. And uh, I just want to say, you know, I made a post about it. I said, this is how we fight back against cancel culture. Yeah. You break bread with people who have the same beliefs of you as you or spend money with these sponsors that support the station that gets to talk about the things that you like and enjoy. You know, to keep that in mind. Yep. You know, well, when, you, when, you, when you're out there, that is how you do it. Yep. Well, two weeks ago, uh, one of the legislators asked me, he said, man, I want to get my windows tinted. He said, you know anywhere where I can go get it while I'm down here in Jackson? I said, absolutely. Lakeland tent. Yep. Uh, so went out there and told him, uh, I told him, I said, uh, go out there and, you know, tell him, tell him you heard it on WIB. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it matters when we sell a car and most all car dealerships, I know Matt Kike is like this as well. There's a sheet and they'll ask people, or the salesman's supposed to say, well, how did you hear about us? Yeah. You know, like TV, radio, or what? Because people want to know where their money's being spent. Yep. You know, make it, it's got to make sense. You know, if if they sell 500 cars this month over at Mack Hike, and nobody said, I heard it on WYB, when it comes time to start trimming that budget, they're going to say, well, hey, look, man, we sold all these cars. I had a record month, but not one person said they heard it on WYAB. Right. You know, it, it matters. Yeah. Please tell these folks how you heard about them. Yeah. You know, it makes yep. a big difference. That's how we're able to keep guys like Lakeland Glass and Tent on the show for the full two plus years that we've had them. Yeah. We're able to keep Mac Hike and Flowood, you know, or and everybody else. I, I hate start when I start naming names. I don't name everybody, but I will before the show's over today. I promise. <laughs> yeah. Hey, so I got some video queued up here. I was going to play this Friday, and when we have Steven in, I love to talk about stuff going on at the Capitol. That is. That is his, that's what he's, he's passionate about that. Like I'm passionate about Jackson and this is where the two worlds collide right here. Let's talk, uh, a couple of, a couple of, uh, I call them terrorist organizations are threatening to sue the state over HB 1020. One of those terrorist organizations is Southern Poverty Law Center who clearly, who have a legitimate terrorist that works for them. A lawyer who is a terrorist, a member of Antifa, you know, so these are the people we're fighting against. Yeah. I have no credibility. 
Just absolutely zero credibility. But let's play this, then I want your opinion on it. It would help if I had all my stuff ready, but hey, it's Monday. Bear with me. Case House Bill 1020 seeks to expand Capitol Police jurisdiction as well as provide temporary special judges paid for by the state. If it becomes law and the NAACP and Legislative Black Caucus each file suit, it could be a number of years before the laws would even affect you. At the end of the day, the only folks who win in situations like that are the lawyers. Senator John Horn is part of the Legislative Black Caucus, one of two groups threatening legal action against the state over House Bill 1020. It's a bill he and the NAACP are prepared to fight against if it's signed into law. In the Senate, we, we have t- taken a lot of the sting out of that bill. Uh, it's still, uh, it's, it's a lot better than it was, but it's still a snake. And we want to kill that bill when it gets into conference. Uh, but I think that's going to be an uphill battle. The bill has potential to be in limbo for years, much like the state's attempted takeover of the airport, a lawsuit that was filed in 2016 and has yet to be resolved. Mississippi College School of Law professor Matt Steffi says the time frame will depend heavily on whether the judge issues a court order known as a preliminary injunction. If there's no preliminary injunction at the beginning, then the law can go into effect while the lawsuit continues to drag on. Mm -hmm. So that's the first kind of big thing the parties will fight over is, are we going to put a pause? Is the court going to pause the effectiveness of the law while the litigation plays out? Steffi says two other reasons suits like the one over the airport take so long to be resolved is because they're complex and all sides are well lawyered. If something is actually litigated, it can take quite a long time to resolve. Most things that take plenty of time as it is are resolved by settlement. But if it's going to go to court and going to go up on appeal and come back down and be fought over these rather technical legal aspects again, then two years turns into three and three turns into four and four eventually somehow turns into seven. Another all right, so I was I did play that Friday, but neither here nor there. We, we reset it. Um, what do what do you think, man? Uh, this yep. HB ten twenty is it going to get? I mean, they've already bastardized it and and kind of gutted all the the re, the real teeth from it, in my yeah. opinion. I mean, but Jackson's still going to win. The residents of Jackson are still going to win by having more capital police, having a having a law enforcement agency that actually believes in you know <clears throat> enforcing the law and actually uh, arresting criminals. Yeah. Unfortunately, the Hines County DA uh, does not share those same beliefs, but at least it's a start. At least there will be some fear of God put in put in criminals in Jackson. Yeah, I mean the bills you know changed a good bit since it was first um, introduced in the House and debated in the House and passed the House. You know when it got over to the Senate, they took out which <clears throat> you know I think at one of the times one of the shows that I was on with you in this first hour. Uh, you know, you and I talked, and I told you my kind of heartburn with the bill was this parallel judicial system. You know, there was unelected judges being appointed by the Supreme Court for this you know, parallel system. You know, that was kind of my heartburn in it. I, I don't, you know, as a constitutional conservative, I didn't really have a good fuzzy feeling about that. Uh, so the Senate took that out. They are adding in, you know, some additional uh, special judges to come in and try to help with the backlog. They're bringing in some more DA assistants and. Um, you know, trying to, to boost up, but not, not in a parallel judicial system in the, you know, the already current, you know, county system, they would go in there and actually, you know, bring more people in to help with the backlog, backlog. 
And then the CCID district for the policing would be expanded to the entire city of Jackson, not just the CCID district, but it would actually spread out to the entire city limits of Jackson. Um, and it would also, they put another provision in there in the Senate that would require all Capitol Police wear body cams, uh, which, you know, I think for most of those on the left would say that's a win for them. And I mean, I, I agree with that too. I think they should be wearing body cams. Uh, I don't have any problem with that. But the, you know, I, I really, I know that they got a grandstand. I know that they got to stay, you know, stand up and they got to get their sound bites. The, you know, the, Democrats from Jackson got to fight all this, you know, for for political reasons. But I think behind closed doors, I don't think that there's that many, even the Democrats, there's not that many of them that are pushing back. They don't really care that much. I mean, more judges and more assistant DAs isn't hurting them. It's not going to, you know, it's it's not going to prevent anything, uh, you know, from happening. Again, a, a parallel judicial system, I could have a very good constitutional conservative argument against that. Uh, but I don't, you know, with adding more more people to the system, the current system, to try to uh, help with the backlog, there's nothing, you know, wrong with that in my opinion. And then the, um, you know, expanding the policing district. Look, it's already been talked about. It was talked about on the floor in both the House and the Senate that City of Jackson has a severe, you know, shortage of police officers that they can't hire. No one wants to go work for the City of Jackson Police Department. Um, so I don't know why anyone would, you know, be against unless you're, you know, you, you have some kind of reason to want a shortage of police officers. I don't know why anybody would be against adding more police officers to the force. I think that the city of Jackson would welcome that in their shortage, at least for a temporary time. And the legislature can always go back and change laws. This law that they're creating now, say two or three years from now, say Jackson PD gets its numbers back up to where they can fully police everything. Then the legislature goes in and changes that and repeals it and pulls it back to just the the you know capital district where the police officers should actually be um, you know patrolling. But uh, you know I've, I've heard arguments on both sides of it. I think one of the you know big arguments is that the you know the capital police isn't a full police force because they don't have you know uh, investigators. They don't have you know the people to come out look at crime scenes and things like that. Um, I don't, that's fine. I mean, they're still helping the city of Jackson, the city of Jackson for just their patrol units is what they're mostly having a, a, you know, a deficit in for the members that are out there patrolling. I have a great stat for you. Yep. I ran into, uh, ran into Jim Armstrong at lunch the other day. Yep. You know, works for Andy Gibson. And do you know at the rodeo this year, first time as far as they know, and this is since Capitol Police and Andy's really stepped it up down there since that crawfish shooting, they had zero break-ins in vehicles in the parking lot. Zero. Hmm. Capitol Police and other forces teamed up, you know, yeah. and worked together down there. That is a that is mind boggling to me. Yeah. But so, I, and I know people that live in Fondren and Bellhaven and that area, that area, business owners down there. People talk to me. Believe it or not, people in Jackson like Clay. Um, they they love it. The residents the, love Clay. Yeah, the business owners love Clay. Yeah, the, the politicians and yeah. the criminals don't. You know, and that's fine. But <clears throat> people. People like that criminals are scared again. Yeah. And that's all. It's a normal. Okay. Let me back up a little bit. Your parallel, parallel legal systems. I know we talked about it that day. We call it acceptable forms of tyranny, stuff of that nature. But this is an extreme case. When you have a DA, like we, like we have in so many Democrat uh, strongholds that does not want to enforce the rule of law uh, equally. You know, now you let a law, you let a cop 
you let somebody die in a cop's uh, possession, the cop goes to jail. Anthony Fox, free Anthony Fox. Um, you let a you let a criminal drug dealer kill somebody. They they're out on a ten thousand dollar bond. Yeah, make it make sense, man. Um, at any other time, I would be all for the the state not being able to insert judges, but when when the or the, or whatever. But when the DA isn't doing his job, I mean, uh, you, there's extreme rules, extreme extreme measures call for extreme measures. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. It, it, it's a bad deal in Jackson, and it, even under this, what they had proposed, you would have still had jurors from Hines County. So, yeah, yeah, you'd still have jurors, and you know, if if it was a jury trial, yeah, if it was a jury trial, right. But I mean, you know, a lot of times, especially if there's. Uh, if you have overzealous prosecutors that go in and try to throw the book at someone and then they give them a plea bargain, which they do this all the time, um, there's many prosecutors don't want to go to trial. Yeah. Because, one, you know, it's less work if they can just get you to plea out. Two, um, if they go to trial, there's a chance of them losing. So there's many overzealous prosecutors who want to, you know, threaten you with life in prison, they're going to you know, say, oh, well, hey, I can charge you with this. And you know what? I can get to the jury to believe us on this. And you're going to get the book thrown at you. And you're going you know, going away for the rest of your life. Or you can plea down this other charge and we'll just give you 10 years instead. Yeah. And just, and, for, for, just, just for clarification real quick, uh, Capitol Police does have five investigators. Okay. So. Well, good. Uh, got an update there. <laughs> well, good. I'm glad somebody said that. I mean, I, you know, I, again, you know, I can talk about this bill, but. As far as I'm concerned, 1020 has taken less of my time than many other bills. It's just not a bill that I've really worked on because, honestly, I, I don't really care that much if you want to know the truth. I understand. Um, I think that the state, you know, the state has the authority to pull the charter of the city of Jackson if they want to. Anytime a city incorporates, that's only done so because of the state. They have the power under the state to incorporate. I think if the you know if Jackson continues to you know implode on itself that the state wanted to, they can completely pull the charter of the city and take over the city altogether if they wanted to. I don't know if they'll do that. I think that that would be very difficult politically doing that. But well, they can't even they they, they can't even get HB ten twenty through. Yeah. So I you know I that that bill has not been one that I have you know honestly really. I have I certainly have not lobbied on it. I certainly have not fought on it. Uh, even when it had the the uh, the parallel you know, court system in it, the Mississippi Freedom Caucus had it on their website, freedomvotes.ms, as a neutral bill. Just because you know we disagree with part of it, we agree with part of it, you know, and I support them a lot on, on their policy matters. I educate the the uh, Freedom Caucus on their policy matters, and you know anything that has to do with you know that policy side. But yep. All right, let's take a break real quick. This is the Clay Edwards Show, joined in the studio, in the Mack Hike of Flowood Studios this morning by Stephen Yatroska, host of Liberty Wake Up Call, every Monday through Friday morning here, 6A to 7A, right before the Clay Edwards Show. We'll be right back. Breaking rules when necessary. Welcome back into the Clay Edwards Show. This segment is going to be brought to you by Ellis Autoplex. That's right. I just talked about it in the last segment there. Get out there and see us this week. 2195 Highway 471 in Brandon. Even though technically we're down, we're down on the Flowood end, but that is weird how that's chopped up down there. It's Flowood, but it's Brandon. But anyway, we're right down there by Booze Smokehouse, right across the street from the back porch 471. We, uh, we've got a ton of uh, 
nice pre-owned Ford, Chevy. Uh, we got a GMC truck, not Chevy, but a Ford, GMC, a couple Dodges. We got a nice Yukon Denali out there, uh, some little small SUVs. Get over there and see us. Check us out online, ellisautoplex.com, or just stop in and see me. And hey, look, we buy vehicles too. So if you're selling yours, don't deal with the nightmare that I have been lately with people on Facebook Marketplace trying to sell vehicles. Just come sell us yours, and we will get you taken care of but all the, without all the hassle, without 200 people messaging you, asking how much down, do you finance, all that stuff. Don't worry about any of that. Don't worry about getting written a bad check, a fake check, or any of that, or counterfeit money. Just come see us at Ellis Autoplex. We'll get you taken care of. Ask for Clay. And I'll, uh, I get there every day about 11, 30, 12 o'clock, and I'm there till 6, and I work every Saturday, 9 to 3. EllisAutoplex.com. All right, Stephen. Look, before we get back into it, I want to say yeah. this. Uh, I was what you just said reminded me. I was at Walmart. Uh, was it Saturday night? And I don't, I don't go to Walmart that much, but I needed something, so I went to Walmart. It was like nine o'clock at night. I'm walking out to my car, and uh, I see a uh, a uh, tow truck back up <laughs> and pick up a car <laughs> and take off with it. Of course, the car's alarm's going off. And uh, somebody got their car repoed. Somebody for you know missed a couple of payments, and mm-hmm. uh, they called them at the Walmart and Pearl there and took it off. Yeah, so. I get asked a lot: Do you go by credits or job? You know, a lot of people add S's to the end yeah. of everything. Do you go by credits or job? I'm like, buy your good credit, and it, it, that just it, that just shuts end, it down. It right? ends every, it ends everything. <laughs> I'm like, do you finance? Yes, with approved credit. Uh, end of discussion yeah it's like 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 uh like that robot from short circuit johnny five yeah like you've been unplugged end of the conversation so look check us out man uh good local businesses you know these are these are the folks that y'all come to when you need your softball teams and baseball teams and all that sponsored i ain't never seen walmart on a jersey out there at the ball field i ain't saying it ain't happened i'm just saying i ain't seen it so uh, remember (laughs) remember who remember who you come to Remember who you come to sell to to sell your kids uh, world's greatest chocolate to and all that stuff. It's local businesses. Yep, these are the people that that tithe at your church. You know, don't forget these things. All right. So uh, speaking of church, and actually, I go to church with Casey Ellis. Yep, you do. Uh, hey, I just got a text from my old buddy, my Chris Peoples, uh, on the Guns and Gear text line. He started back listening to all my shows about a year ago. Like went through the started at episode one, and has worked his way all the way through. And said today is the first time he's actually got to listen live. Oh, nice! So I mean, he boy, he made it to that first hundred episodes. He was dedicated because they were they were rough. They yep. were rough. I was but, l- learning how to do it. And I can still make an argument for learning how to do it. But uh, shout out to Chris this morning. Thank you for listening, brother. Yeah, that's uh, what I was, I was just telling you earlier. Uh, next Friday will be my seventy fifth show. So my listeners that have been tuning in six A to seven A here on WYAB for the last couple of months. They are troopers. They're sticking with me, and I hope they're still there. I probably lost a few along the way, but if you're sticking with me, next Friday will be big episode 75. I was at Shucker's Crawfish Bowl this Saturday. Went out, saw, got out there early, and hung out to about midnight and stuff. Got to spend a bunch of good quality time with some family and friends. And man, I had a bunch of people walk up to me that listen to WYAB from 6A to 6P daily. Man, so they, good. Just, they listen, they go bell to bell. They mentioned you. Uh, Jameson, Mike Madison, Kim Wade, myself, uh, Jim Thorne. I mean, it was something for everybody, man. So people are definitely listening. And uh, these are complete strangers, too. These aren't people that I know yeah. just telling me this because they think I want to hear it. These are people who walk up, go out of their way to introduce themselves, and let me know they listen to WYAB. And I, that means a lot. Yeah. It, it really does, man. 
I always appreciate that. Let's see. We got another text. And uh, going back to our – oh, somebody asked uh, on the Guns of Your Text on who my guest is. The guest is Stephen Yatroska. He hosts a show here every Monday through Friday, 6A to 7A, Liberty Wake Up Call. Uh, let's see here. Guns of Your Text. What is the Jim Crow era voting law that's being associated with HB 1020 that the Fifth Circuit Court held up? I don't know. I don't know. I, they, they just love to scream about Jim Crow. It, it's and they're 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 harkening back to. And I'm not a I'm not an expert on Jim Crow laws. It's just something I hear Democrats scream all the time. So I couldn't tell you what a single Jim Crow law was. And I'm going to be honest with you, I don't really care to. They no longer exist, and it just doesn't interest me. But they were trying to say that the the white government was trying to take over take voting rights away from black folks. But in the same hand. They were also screaming that the Capitol Police were going to be protecting the white, the white part of Jackson. Yeah. Even though that part of Jackson is still majority black, it just so happens to be the highest concentration of white people in Jackson. But it's still like 60-40 black. Yeah. So yeah, they, they, they couldn't make any of it make sense. I, I mean, you know, of course the Democrats on the floor, you know, for there's been multiple Jackson bills. 1020 wasn't the only Jackson bill. There were multiple Jackson bills that came up this year. The water bill. and Yeah, and every one of them. Every single Jackson bill that came up, they cried racism and you know that, Jim Crow. Yeah, Jim Crow. And so I, I don't know. I don't know what specifically about this is like Jim Eagle. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what exactly about ten twenty. They may have said that it was uh, disenfranchising voters uh, for you know for the you know blacks in Jackson or whatever. I don't know what they may have said, but they said that about every single Jackson bill that came up this year. Every bill that, that came up this year that had anything to do with Jackson, they stood up and said it was racist, and they called back Jim Crow. I, look, maybe I'm just going to say it, but folks in Jackson need to act right, and folks would have to be coming in and and uh, trying to force laws down their throat to get them to act right. Start acting right. You know, it ain't just the criminals on the streets; it's the ones. In the city council, it's the ones in the mayor's office, it's the ones in the, all the city offices. Act right. Do your damn jobs. Yeah. Now, there, there was another uh, bill, 1310. Let me see if I can pull it up. It, it actually is, uh, it revises elections, and there's uh, some provisions in it. And I don't, I don't know if the listener may have gotten, you know, gotten the numbers mixed up talking about 1020 and 1310. But 1310 is an elections bill. That it will, uh, it allows them to purge voter rolls if you're basically an inactive voter uh, for you know after so long. It will allow you to purge the rolls, and so that certainly that was one of the things they were talking about. You know that could you know back to you know Jim Crow of just you know removing people from the voter rolls. So if you don't vote for, and I can't exactly remember what the bill was, but if you if you don't vote for like four elections in a row, you're automatically pulled from it. So then if you go to vote, you know. 10 years later, you haven't voted for 10 years and you go vote, you're not even on the rolls. You're not registered to vote anymore Yeah, you know, because they pulled it. So they've been trying to do that. They've been trying to do it because there's some, there's literally some uh, voting jurisdictions in Mississippi that have a larger number of people registered to vote than the amount of people that live there. They've got like 110% voter registration. So, you know, there's more people registered to vote in those jurisdictions than people you know, then then the population of that area. So that's obviously, you know, unreal. That can't be true. There you can't have more people register to vote there than live there. And so it just shows how much we need to go through and purge our roles. I do think it needs to happen, but I, I agree with them in, in a way that they need to do it in a way that preserves, you know, 
voting integrity that you're not just removing our you know people we don't like off the rolls so they can't vote. Uh, you have to do it systematically in a way that makes sense, but we have to do that at some point. Well, it's just Democrats that like any kind of voter anything to do to clean up voting is an attack against them. It was just yeah. screams that, you know, they're doing something wrong Yep. to me. Uh, Roger text in uh, shout out to Roger, everyday listener uh, said on the guns and gear text line says, Hey, let everybody know the stream is great too. I'm on the road today and can listen from Collierville to Pontiac to Pontotoc to Monroe. So uh, shout out to our friend Roger with a, uh, with a uh, country pleasing sausage out there uh, getting, putting some South in y'all's mouth. <laughs> I uh, love those folks. Appreciate you, Roger. Yeah, man, it, it, it does. It's every time you hear about any anything to do with cleaning up voting and the voter rolls or yep. anything like that, voting laws, it somehow uh, is supposed to negatively affect Democrats or especially black Democrats more than anybody else. It's got to be something racist if you try to make voting, you know, more legitimate and clean. And that's that's why I that's why I question these elections and all this other stuff. Like the very people who who scream racism about everything are the ones that want to make sure that we're still, that we're not doing things right. Yeah. <laughs> and, and voila, they just so happen to be the one winning these elections. Yeah. I just remember there's another bill too, that they could be referring to. Uh, this is Senate bill 2358. And I know we're coming up on our time so quickly. That's a ballot harvesting bill. And so they were screaming racism at that too. But basically, I mean, it literally all it does is puts into state law it says that you can't go around and collect ballots of other people's ballots and turn them in unless you have, you know, basically their direct consent to do that for them. Yeah, so it'll get, get, that'll get it out of the churches and the nursing homes and all this the, this harvesting that they're doing. But at the end of the day, we should be ballot harvesting as well. So got to play with fire, fire <laughs> with fire, man. If it's legal, we need to be doing it. Yeah. If it's not, then don't. All right, let's take our last break here with Stephen. And I've got a special guest in hour two. I got Mike Madison in the studio with me. We're going to talk about all the banking debacles and other uh, government bailing out more left wing banks. We'll be right back here on the Clay Edwards Show. Breaking rules when necessary. Welcome back into the Clay Edwards Show. We're live here in the Mack Hike of Flowood, Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram Studio. Closing out, got about a minute or so, well, about a minute left with Stephen Yatroska. Stephen, I uh, got a, had a text on the Guns and Gear text line asking about bills to look out for. And I think the most uh, pressing one, because the deadline's tomorrow for the governor to sign, is the quote-unquote anti-Tesla bill. Yeah, yeah. So the bill that prevents any electric manufacturer from being able to sell direct to the consumer in Mississippi, not only Tesla, you know, Tesla's just the big one, but Rivian, Lucid, any of those guys, if you want to buy an electric vehicle, from any of those, you know, kind of smaller manufacturers, not including Florida GM, they'll be able to sell them. But, it, you know, the big guys came in and said, let's push out all the little guys. And that bill is set to be signed either today or tomorrow. The deadline is tomorrow. The governor's got to either sign it, veto, or not sign it and let it pass. But if you want to be able to buy an electric vehicle in Mississippi from Tesla, Lucid, or Rivian, or any other small one, got to veto this bill. Reach out to him and tell him to veto it. Otherwise, you can go to uh, freedomvotes.ms and look at all the other bills not dead. Thank you, Stephen. We'll see you next week. And they can tune in to you every Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. right here. Thanks for listening. Tune in tomorrow at 7 a.m. as the Clay Edwards Show discusses all that is going on in and around the city of Jackson. This concludes our broadcast day. Right here on 103.9 WYAB.